Hey Faith Church, I'm Claire Kingsley and it's Go Time. We're releasing podcast interviews with our missionaries prior to their Go Time weekend. This will allow you to catch up with them before you see them at an event. The purpose of our podcast is to meet the missionaries and hear what they're up to. They will also share a few ways you can be partnering with them in prayer. I encourage you to take the time to pray for each missionary as the episode ends. Today's episode features our missionary, Doug Leatherman. He has partnered with Crew and has two different roles within the organization. He has served with Crew for the last 33 years. His Go Time weekend is November 4th and 5th. Find his full schedule of events on our website at faithchurchindy.com slash go time. Here's my conversation with Doug Leatherman. All right. Hi, Doug. It's so good to have you on our Go Time podcast. Thanks so much, Claire. This is my first podcast, so I appreciate you uh, doing this for so many of us. First podcast ever. Do you listen to them? You've just never been a part of one? I do listen to them uh, from time to time, and I've listened to some of the other uh, missionaries from our faith family, but I don't get to participate in them very often. Okay, well, I bet you're going to be a natural. Um, So why don't you introduce yourself to us a little bit, Doug? Tell us um, about who you are. If someone's never heard of you or your ministry, just give us like that overarching view. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am a Buckeye through and through, Claire. So I my, up- my husband would say, amen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that he is. And we've actually uh, taken in a Buckeye football game together. Yeah. So, but yeah, I grew up in Northeastern Ohio in a little uh, city called Rittman near the Worcester Akron area. Uh, grew up loving sports. So I was into football, was into baseball, played baseball on our high school team. And that motivated me to want to go to Ohio State. So I actually followed in my uh, brother's footsteps to, to go to OSU, and I loved it. I uh, was there. That's where I met my wife, Darla. So we've been married for, I better get it right, 32 years now. So that's where we met at Ohio State. And uh, we were both involved with CRU, so formerly Campus Crusade for Christ as students. I got involved as a freshman, as Darla did. And uh, we met there and both got involved in Bible studies. And then uh, after I graduated, I got to hang out for a couple more years while I was substitute teaching in the Columbus Public School uh, school system. But it was a great, great excuse to hang out with Darla a little bit longer while she was finishing up some school there. Mm-hmm. And then after teaching for a couple of years, came on staff in 1990, got married a year later in 1991. And then after raising up our team of ministry partners, we spent our first year at Eastern Michigan University and then transitioned closer to a home in Ohio to to Kent State University for four years. And then the guy that discipled me at Ohio State called me one day and said, hey, would love for you guys to come out to Indianapolis and join us here. So we transitioned to Indy in 1996. And honestly, it's it's been home for us mm-hmm. ever since. So finishing up 33 years on staff this past summer Mm -hmm. and uh, have two kids. So our daughter, Caitlin, she went to Purdue University, was involved with crew as a student there, which was fun. And then our son, Jared, uh, he went down to IU the other direction and got involved with the ministry there. So so our family is uh, is well-rounded in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. But uh, as I remind them, they know which flag is at the top of the flagpole. So 
<laughs> okay. Um, so you said that you came on staff. So tell us what that role was like um, working with crew and what it looks like now. Yeah. So I have a twofold role right now. So I came on, like I said, in 1990 and uh, just worked with traditional college students at Eastern Michigan and Kent State. But having worked with some conferences and events uh, while I was a student at Ohio State, my disciple had called me and, and asked if I could join his operations team here in Indianapolis. But honestly, that was with the agreement that I could still work on campus at least part of the time. And he was totally up for that. And so ever since we moved to Indy, I've been at Butler University a couple days out of the week working with athletes and coaches. And then the other days I work with what we call our national conference operations team. And so that team, uh, we provide spaces where students and staff can come to events where we can reach out to them, build them in their faith, and then send them back to their campuses or the world uh, mm -hmm. more effective in reaching people for Christ. And so that's uh, it's a, a passion of mine, also a gifting of mine in administration and service. And so that's uh, one of the parts. And then uh, obviously I'm at Butler University. I think a lot of people uh, know me for that. Yeah. But um, it's cool that the doors have opened up. I didn't anticipate working with athletes directly. Yeah. But a couple couple years into it, um, working with other students, the Lord opened up the doors, and He hasn't hasn't closed the door since. So, so I get to, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So I love discipling students, pouring my life into them, uh, with the desire for for them to grow in their faith and to reach out to others on their team. Mm -hmm. And I get to do that with coaches and and also some administrators. Uh, we get to do the same. So yeah. Yeah. And um, we're going to be able to hear a few stories from like what God is doing, those specific moments of you being able to pour into students and multiplying that effort um, of creating other disciples. So um, we'll get to that in just a second. Um, before we do, the last time you did a Go Time conference or Global Impact Conference, we used to call them, um, you did it alongside your wife, Darla. And some things in your ministry have changed since then. So can you give us an update there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Darla came on staff the year that we got married. So her first 30, 31 years, yeah, we've been on staff together. And then just a couple of years ago, she just felt uh, promptings from the Lord, maybe to transition. And so she had some passions and gifts that... Um, she wanted to, to maximize even more. She loves working with women and, and building into women. But she transitioned out to do some, some other things. And so I'm excited for her. Um, it has given her more opportunity to, to even be involved at church, helping to lead the Wednesday evening women's Bible study with some mm -hmm. other ladies. Uh, and she meets up with some other, uh, other women during the course of the week from time to time as well. So I'm excited for her. Um, that she can use some of her creative gifts as well as some of her passions uh, in building with women in some other other capacities. And of course, she's super supportive alongside of me and helps me out quite a bit uh, with my ministry on campus and with our conferences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So when you gave us just the overview of like who you are, um, it seemed like 
it was a natural thing to go from um, starting college, getting involved in Bible studies, and then becoming a part of like following into the call of vocational ministry. Is it that easy and smooth of a transition? What was it like? Yeah, it's it's been an interesting journey, honestly. So so even though, Claire, I grew up in a, a church background, so my mom was a solid believer and my dad was as well. Even though I didn't want their alarm clock to go off in the mornings, it still did, and they were faithful to bring me to church. But I never understood about a personal relationship with Christ until my sophomore year in high school. Yeah. And it was at that time that my older brother, Dale, he went off to Ohio State as a freshman. And there were some guys on his dorm floor that helped him get his life straightened around with the Lord. And he cared enough about his little brother to come back on occasional weekends to, to talk to me about the Lord, to talk to me about this ministry called Crew, or back then Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm -hmm. I honestly, you know, thought, what in the world has happened to my brother? Because <laughs> he was pretty wild, you know, back yeah. in, in the day. Yeah. But um, so we were up in our room. He, uh, we were just talking about the Buckeyes and out of the blue, he just said, hey, Doug, are you a Christian? And I didn't want to talk about it at the time. And so I just gave him a, a quick answer and said, yeah, I'm a Christian, hoping that he would fall asleep, which he did. But I lay awake for a couple more hours um, just processing that question. Am I really a Christian? And so that night in bed, I just put my faith in Christ but really didn't have anybody to disciple me or to pour into me because Dale wasn't around that much. And so um, eventually I went off to college to Ohio State and at mm -hmm. Dale's challenge, got involved, eventually got involved with crew. And that's where my faith really took off. So it was um, in those discipleship groups with his roommate and some other staff on campus that I started growing in my faith. And then I found myself my junior year at a winter conference up in Chicago with a bunch of other students. And mm -hmm. Bill Bright, who was the president and founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, or CRU, he was speaking that night. And I still remember to this day, one of the quotes that he had said was from a guy named C.T. Studd. And he just said, only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. And that quote just kind of resonated with me, you know, the rest of that night. But that night I stood in that, uh, that ballroom at the conference and committed my life to do whatever he wanted me to do, having no idea where I would be. But graduated, um, was trying to figure out whether or not the Lord wanted to use me as a math teacher in the Columbus school system. And at the same time, I had to pay off some debt to my dad so he can help my sister go to school. But after that two years, I really felt the, let, the Lord uh, kind of moving me to come on staff. And even though I had um, high school principals and administrators putting in, um, you know, good words for me to become a full-time teacher and to be hired on, I never received a full-time position. And so that's why I was subbing. And it wasn't until I got out to California at our new staff training where I finally received a phone call. Uh, offering me a position to teach full time. And to me, that was just the coolest thing because it was the Lord's confirmation that I would made the right choice to come on staff with crew. So I declined that offer. And now 33 years later, here I am yeah. working with the ministry. So 
Uh, I don't know if that was a, a an easy journey or not, but uh, the Lord definitely used uh, a lot of avenues to to steer me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And um, do you think if it wasn't for your interaction and engagement with the campus ministry, you would not have ever like done vocational ministry, or do you think you would have still found a way there? I mean, that's a great question. Who knows? I mean, I never have heard of uh, Campus Crusade for Christ or crew before or InterVarsity or Navigators or Young Life mm-hmm. in the little town that I grew up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and there were a few few groups at Ohio State, but, um, you know, but I trust the Lord's sovereignty in my life. And uh, I think he knows better than what I knew what he was doing. And so uh, he led me in that direction. And uh Obviously, that's where I met Darla being involved in that ministry. So things worked out pretty well, I'd say. Yeah. And you didn't even know that you'd get to combine your passion for uh, campus ministry with your love of athletics. So um, that's something that you get to do now. So let's talk about what does a normal weekly rhythm look like for you in your role? Yeah. So a normal rhythm, that's a great question. So I mentioned that I have the dual role. So I'm down at Butler University with athletes and coaches and then the conference operations team. So, so when I'm down on campus, I go down a couple of days a week, usually on Wednesdays and Fridays. So we have a coaches uh, discussion group there that's uh, biblically based. So when we started doing that, the guy that I co-lead with, uh, that was one of our non-negotiables. We want coaches and athletes to be in the word, but also trying to, uh, to help build them up in areas that they need to be encouraged in. So I'm meeting with them and then I'll spend time discipling guys often one-on-one. So there's a number of guys, there's uh, eight to 10 guys that I'll try to meet up with during the course of the week and to build my life into them, help them understand about uh, a relationship with Christ, help them grow in getting into the word and in prayer and in community, uh, but ultimately uh, helping them to, to be able to reach out to other others on their team. And then on Thursday evenings, I uh, love getting together with uh, our discipleship groups. So I specifically work with uh, junior and senior and grad student men on campus and uh, getting into the word with those guys. Um, and it can get real sometimes. So I love their honesty and their vulnerability, uh, but I love doing that. So that's a bit of the campus side of things. I'll obviously attend some practices and love to get to as many games as, as I can with those guys. And then on the conferencing side, there's numerous events that uh, that take place during the course of the year. And so conferences had a huge part in my life when I was a student. Uh, I was at a conference where I first shared my faith, first uh, decided to go on a summer mission. And like I had shared earlier, uh, the point where I surrendered the future of my life to the Lord. So, um, so we'll work with different staff members on putting conferences together. Some are small, some are large, like at the end of uh, December, we have our winter conference. So probably 12 to 1500 students will, will be a part of that. But, uh, but we deal with things like the contracting, the registration, the housing, the, uh, you know, audiovisual, those kind of things, but just trying to provide an atmosphere again, where, um, Students and staff are free of distraction and where they can grow in their faith as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks, Doug. You mentioned that you've just completed 33 years on staff. 
how has college ministry changed in the last 33 years? And really, what do you think it looks like going forward? What are some of the changes that you're anticipating? Yeah, it's funny you asked that question because I was just having coffee with one of the uh, former baseball coaches who's going to join me in speaking at the men's breakfast coming up here. But yeah, we were we were talking about that that very thing. And, and honestly, in, in a lot of ways, the college students today and ministry today is, is very similar to what it was 25, 30 years ago. They're still wrestling with issues of acceptance from their peers. Uh, trying to understand what their identity is and who they're going to be, what their occupation's going to be, and even like what social groups that they want to tie into. And so um, a lot of those a lot of those things are very similar to what they were years ago when I was when I was even a student. But I think some of the things that are going on in our culture today, some of the complexities, that are there just compound the challenges that that these students are facing and obviously um you know we're we're well uh familiar with social media things like that that are going on and uh and i tried to kind of uh steer clear of it you know for a while but uh learned that students are into it so i need to understand a little bit more about it but with the growth of social media even though there's benefits to that for sure, it's also created some challenges. Um, you know, we talk about the fear of missing out, the FOMO, but they're comparing themselves uh, so much with each other. So it's like, who who got the internship? Who just got a job offer um, from a from a company that they were also interviewing for? And so there's there's those stresses that are there. And now I heard the term FOBO instead of FOMO. Now it's the fear of best offer. So we get a lot of students in social media. It's like they don't want to commit to the first offer because they think a better offer is going to come down the road. So they don't make decisions right away and they keep tabs on those things. Um, I think one of the other issues with social media that we face is just the, um, the reality that they're always on. And I've heard it described you know, with social media, it's, it's like someone's tapping you on the shoulder every like five or 10 seconds. And it's like you get interrupted. And uh, just to try to deal with those complexities, those challenges of always feeling like you have to go check your phone. Just like if someone tapped you on their shoulder, you would turn around and respond to them. Mm-hmm. They then feel like they have to check their phones all the time. So, so it really leads to uh, a lot of mental health challenges, a lot of anxiety that is going on. Um, Last year, uh, when we were starting back on campus, within the first week, I had three guys that I was working with share with me just the anxiety that they were facing going into the new school year. And so I think that's been one of the challenges that has changed more over the past 20 years, for sure. Mm-hmm. A couple other things that I'm just personally seeing, um, there's there's less understanding of the Bible. Uh, I think the activities that students do in junior high, high school, there's just so many more. It makes up challenging to get to church on Sundays or get to youth group during the course of the week that they're coming in with just uh, a less understanding. So we're starting at a different place with students mm-hmm. this year. And maybe one other thing that I've noticed um, that's prevalent in our society is just dealing with the sexual identity of, of students and trying to figure that out in their their world as well. So yeah. 
but all is not not negative. I mean, there's so many opportunities that college students have to to be involved in our community, to be involved on campus, to grow in their faith. And, and we'll talk about that at the seminar that uh, that we're going to be doing on Sunday, the 5th of November. Yeah. All right. So without giving away too much, you said not it's not all negative, but would you share a few stories about what God is doing in your ministry or, you know, at Butler's campus? What do you get to see that you could share with us that would just prompt us to praise the Lord? Yeah, I can share a few stories. Thanks for asking. I think one of the um, most encouraging things happened over the summer most recently. So I mentioned, um, you know, I get to work and dabble in the conference and events world with crew. And so I got to travel to Southern California to actually hang out with uh, 400 high school students. And so they came out for a national gathering. It was their high school getaway. And I mean, to see these high school students worshiping the Lord, uh, getting into the word, learning how to share their faith and then actually practicing it was so refreshing and fun. And maybe the best part was right after the conference was over, 215 of those students and their staff, they ended up taking off to the world. So they went to 12 different countries to do ministry. And when I was talking to one of the um, national leaders, at last count, at least the report was that 2,100 students or individuals indicated decisions for Christ, you know, during the week or two that they were, that they were overseas. And these are from high school students. Wow. Get to work with, but on the college campus, you know, back at Butler. And uh, so I should say that I work with Butler specifically, but our ministry is in Indianapolis. So we work at university of Indianapolis, uh, Marion, we're starting to, to branch out to IUPUI as well. Okay. But um, I'm amazed that the athletic department, remains wide open to what we're doing on campus. Mm. And so um, just this year, we are celebrating 25 years of working with college athletes at Butler. And so far they haven't kicked me out yet. Um, and mm. so one of the fun things that happened recently, there was a student named Adam. He was a, he's a football player, an upperclassman. He had reached out to me and said, Hey Doug, you know, I know that you meet with, some of the other football guys, I think this would be really helpful to me. And so we got together the first time I got to go through the gospel with him and clarified it. He seemed to really understand and have a relationship with Christ. And I offered to get back with him and he's like, yeah, I'll let you know. And just recently he texted me again. It's like, Hey, can we get together and just talk about some Bible verses? And uh, I don't know exactly what that means in his, in his book, but, uh, yeah. but anytime I get to open up the word with, uh, with college students, I'll definitely do that. And one other story, if I, if you don't mind, Claire, please. So I was sitting a few weeks ago at one of the men's uh, soccer games at Butler and out of the blue, I get this text message. And in the message was a picture of two guys that I had discipled from years ago. So one guy was in the very first discipleship group that I led at Butler and then the other guy was our very first intern that joined us with Athletes in Action. So Athletes in Action is the athletic ministry of crew. Yeah. And so these guys happened to be together. And it turns out that both of them are pastors now. And they had pastored at the same church. And they were doing a wedding. They were 
co-officiating a wedding of a, a mutual friend and they just wanted to get a picture and send it to me and uh it was so encouraging mm -hmm. they just like hey, thanks for building into our lives and so i think that's having been in ministry for <clears throat> 33 years and 25 with the athletes i think that's just one of the cool things you know you get to hear yeah. and see these stories of men and women who are still walking with the lord and building into the lives of, of other people too. So mm. such a, such a huge blessing. Yeah. What a privilege. Wow. And just a gift to be able to get that text message. And I don't know, like you just have to be able to keep those things because on the days where you doubt and wonder, am I doing what I should be doing? Should I still be doing this? Like that is just definitely from the Lord, just a gift of reassurance, which we don't deserve, but um, it's really nice that he does that for us. Yeah, it's just by God's grace. And yeah. you're absolutely right. There are those days that are challenging and uh, you remember those, those special moments and that uh, kind of re-energizes you obviously with the Lord's help. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Doug. So what about sharing a story with us from a different perspective of a time when God used a student or a student group to teach you something? Such a good question. Yeah. So I think one of the things that the students most recently are teaching me is in the area of authenticity. So in today's uh, day and age with the students, um, they want you to be real. Yeah. And they recognize they're not perfect. Uh, we're broken people. And to me, it's encouraging to see them open up and be willing to go there with their fellow students. And as I develop trust with them, they're willing to go there with me. And so that that allows me the opportunity to be real with them also and to share some of the challenges that I'm facing and being vulnerable with them. So I yeah. think that's one, one thing that I am learning very clearly from uh, today's students. And that I think we can learn from young students as well and just the actions that they take. And so I've shared this story over the years, but I'm still in contact with, with Jim, one of the students. So Jim came in as a freshman, was not a believer, um, came to one of our Athletes in Action winter retreats, came to faith through Corey, who I just mentioned earlier, our first intern. But then he just had such a heart to reach out to his family. And so Jim took it upon himself to set up an appointment with his father, who was the CEO of the company that founded Bluetooth. So he actually had to set up an appointment oh. with his dad's secretary to, to see him. But he went in and he shared the gospel with him. His dad initially didn't understand why he was doing this. Mm. But long story short, uh, Jim was playing uh, a lacrosse game at Duke. His dad came over for the game. And after the game was over, they were walking on campus and went into the chapel and Jim's dad came to faith in Christ. Right. And then down the road, Jim let Jim's dad let his let his wife, Jim's mom to Christ, let led Jim's cousin to Christ. And then eventually Jim's sister came to know the Lord. But here's a guy that comes to Christ as a freshman, takes steps of faith just to reach out to his family mm. and be bold in the power of the spirit. And we see what happened. And like I said, I've shared that story before with people, but I can't help but go back to it time and time again. It challenges me to, uh, to continue to reach out to family members and, and friends who don't know Christ. So 
Jim's, Jim's doing well to this day. Okay, that's great. Why don't you talk a little bit, shift gears here and talk a little bit about what support looks like for you as a part of our faith missions family. What kind of support do you need right now? Financial support, prayer support, encouragement, and how can we come alongside you as a body to help meet those needs? Yeah, well, I love that. And Faith Church, um, those of you that are listening, please know that you guys have been such a huge blessing to Darla and I for so many years. And I'm sure the other missionaries would say the same thing. It's such a unique thing that Faith does, just rolling out the the red carpet for us to be able to present our needs and share stories of what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of others. So I think one of the most encouraging things support-wise, you know, we always talk about it, but is prayer. And the times that people come up to myself, come up to me, come up to Darla at church and say, hey, I just read your newsletter or your prayer letter. And I just want you to know that we're praying for you. Those those comments um, mean so much to us. And we know people are praying and sometimes it's hard to pray, but to yeah. hear that you're specifically praying for us just uh, breathes, breathes life in our, into our soul for sure. Mm. And on the financial side, Faith Church has been, uh, again, such a foundation in our financial support. Um, a year and a half ago, um, we had to take some time away for the summer to really focus on the finances. So we've had uh, a couple, couple people pass away, you know, that uh, they just get older and go to be with the Lord. And then through just a change in circumstances with our largest financial ministry partner, they had to, to pull away from our team, at least on a financial level. So we did have to, have to pull back and spend the summer uh, focusing. But thankfully, by God's grace, he fully uh, replenished that support. Mm -hmm. but, um, but things change every day. You know, and we do anticipate over the next year or two, uh, our financial situation changing where we're going to have to reestablish some of those uh, financial uh, partners with our team. So we're always welcoming new new people to join us. would love to have coffee or spend some time talking more about, about our ministry, if that would be something that you would be interested in. And, uh, you know, right now I have no plans on leaving staff with crew. And uh, so hopefully, you know, the next 10 to 15 years will be uh, will be fruitful ministry with the help of our ministry partners. Mm -hmm. And I think um, one other thing, Claire, that has been a lot of fun for us over the years, we have a lot of people from Faith Church and others who they've 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 made snacks for our Bible studies or discipleship groups or they've made care packages. They've hosted events. Um, at their home and, you know, barbecues and picnics. And those are, those are a lot of fun for us as well to be able to cool. spoil the students a little bit with the blessing of some of our faith family members. That's awesome. So is that an invitation of like, if that's someone's passion or desire, you're like, you'd be totally cool if they reach out to you and say, I would love to do this and supply this in some way. Yeah. I mean, if you have the gift of baking or, <laughs> And one of the things we're having to do is a lot of the athletes this year, this semester, they have practice right up to our discipleship group time. And they often don't get a chance to get dinner. So it's either they're late to Bible study or they go home and are and they miss it or we provide dinner for them uh, and they come on time. And so that's been a, a huge win for us to 
to keep keep men and women coming as well. That's great. Okay, good to know. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, absolutely. Doug, what's something you wish you could say to directly to your team? You do get a chance through your newsletters, your regular newsletters, to talk to the people who support you in prayer and financial and and financially. Um, but if you could talk to someone who's maybe considering joining your team or just talking directly to them, what's something that you'd want to mention or something you want them to know? I think I would want them to know that it's not just that we couldn't do it without them, but we don't want to do ministry without them. Um, hmm. um, you know, my giftedness, uh, you know, I have the gift, I would say, of service and administration. And so in one sense of the ministry, um, that bodes well for the conference side of things. And on the other side, I still have a heart to shepherd. And so I don't want that to go away either. You know, there's days where I think, okay, am I still uh, young enough to hang out with these guys? Um, even though I'm their dad's age right now, but I think they, they still respect that. Um, I try not to uh, hover over them too much, but um, just desire to use my gifts and abilities to serve the Lord wholeheartedly, but don't want to do that without uh, the partnership of our friends and, and uh, family members that come alongside with what we're doing. That's awesome. I'm glad you said that. That's wonderful to hear. Um, and it's just like, it's a great invitation to somebody who's maybe considering taking that next step to hear that it's very meaningful to you. Like you don't take it lightly. Someone coming and being a part of your team is just like very re rewarding for them and for you. Yeah. I just think over the years, you know, we've come to recognize and we talk about prayer a lot, which is, you know, a foundational point for us. And we talk about the financial needs. But I think I've come to realize that people want to give their kind of their life, kind of their gifts, their experiences and reaching out to people. Um, I, I remember when I was on staff at Kent State. So our pastor, we would do kind of a, an outreach training that our pastor had initiated. And he was talking about one of the ladies in the church and you know what her gifts were and her gifts were baking. And mm -hmm. so she would bake a pie and she would take it down to the bus stop and, you know, give it to one of the moms that's waiting for their kids and just to be able to develop relationships that way it was a uh, for me to see that you know a unique way of of reaching out to to our neighbors or other people by using our gifts i think is what i'm trying to get at uh is is super meaningful yeah, yeah. all right so doug you've kind of um alluded to it a little bit but let's share a little bit about what your go time weekend actually looks like what events can people look forward to and um so let's go over your go time weekend schedule starting with uh obviously the release of this podcast which people would be listening to right now then following um your go time weekend is the third through the fifth and um you are going to start with the men's breakfast yeah, yeah. I've been going to the men's breakfasts um, since they've, they've since they've started. Have tried to get to those. It's a great opportunity to get to know other guys. Um, Tim Peclo and his team does a great job making a hot breakfast, which is fantastic. And to be able to break bread and bacon together with other men uh, is huge. <laughs> and so uh, they've asked me to come in and share a little bit about our ministry. But I'm going to do that from the context of men that have been a part of my life and men that I've been able to 
build into as well as part of the discipleship group. So, so I'll be talking a little bit about ministry, a little of my story. But one thing I'm excited about is I'm bringing in uh, one of our former coaches. So Dave Schrag, he was the head baseball coach for six years at Butler. He gets to co-lead, uh, we get to co-lead together, the coaches and administrators um, discussion group. Great friend. So he's going to come in and share a little of his experience in building into men as well uh, from a coach's perspective. So you, you won't want to miss that if you can come out on Saturday morning, November 4th, 8 a.m. to 9.30. So that's going to be the first thing. Yeah. And then Sunday, we'll get to hear from you a little bit during service and meet you maybe for the first time or just catch up with you um, intentionally uh, in between services, after service, kind of um, on Sunday. And then Sunday evening, you have a hybrid seminar. So people could join in, in person or they could um, watch it. We're going to do it Zoom. Just so we have a Zoom link. It's on the website. People can log in there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Darla and I will do a little meet and greet at the, the cafe in between services. So come on out, grab a cup of coffee and uh, we'd love to catch up with you. If I haven't met you or Darla haven't, hasn't met you, we'd love to we'd love to meet you there. So yeah, the seminar, um, we were trying to decide what would be uh, beneficial. And so a couple of the ideas that surfaced is simply what are some of the challenges that today's Christian college students face? And so, um, so I took that idea and started to run with it. But the more I thought about it, I don't want it to be just the negative perspective of what college students deal with. And so mm-hmm. we'll also talk about just some of the opportunities that college students have to, to do ministry, uh, things that they can be involved in in the community as well. And what I'm excited about, I've invited um, some of the men and a few of the women that are a part of our ministry. So they're gonna come in. Um, I'll share a little bit about what we're doing, but for the most part, it's it's probably gonna be a panel discussion of what these students are experiencing firsthand. So come engage with these, uh, these exciting, uh, enthusiastic students of what's going on in their lives. We'll get a chance to, to lob them some questions, but a chance to meet them as well. So I'm excited about that. Hope you'll come out on Sunday evening, the 5th, from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And uh, Claire, like you mentioned, it'll be a hybrid. Yeah, I was just going to ask, so do people have an opportunity to throw questions out there? And also, you know, we often are seeing um, just adults coming to these seminars. Would it be beneficial to have like a high school student or a middle school student even coming to the seminar and hearing, you know, what is being shared or do you say like adults only? Oh, that's a fantastic question. We would love to have some high school or even junior high students come out. If if you want to hear some of the real perspective on what's going on on the college campuses. Um, I mean, I'll have some questions for the students, you know, obviously some things that we've already talked about with some of the challenges that they're facing and just knowing some of the uh, men and women that are coming and some of the things that they have wrestled with. Um, so they'll be able to speak into that directly. But yeah, we'll have a time for, for Q&A as part of the panel. Uh, I don't want to be uh, speaking the whole time up there. So we want uh, those that are coming to be active participants as well. So bring them and uh, yeah, we'll look forward to introducing these students to you. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Doug. We're looking forward to our time with you. 
thanks for taking the time to do this your first podcast um how do you think it went do you feel good uh i had a great uh, great leader so thank you claire for walking me through this this has been a fun fun interaction with you and and so grateful that the faith family can can hear a little bit about what's going on before the actual go weekend yeah yeah and we thank you for your time um, helping craft such intentional events and we're looking forward to them so thanks so much you're welcome thank you for your time